Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. I remember um, when I was in high school, something you may not know about me, but I, I attempted to try to learn to play the guitar, right? I thought, yes, I was in year eight and I wanted to be a rock star. I think it's gonna be awesome, right? I wanna be the next Jimi Hendrix. Uh, I wanted to be Tommy Emmanuel. Right, I'm throwing it back, I'm throwing it back. You guys have no clue what I'm talking about. I wanted to be Slash from Guns N' Roses, right? I'm like, I wanted to learn to shred the guitar. And so I had this cool red electric guitar. Uh, my dad helped me buy and this little amplifier. I went along to my first lesson and I'm like, this is gonna be awesome, right? I can't wait to play Smoke on the Water. Smells like teen spirit, right? I'm all about it. I'm ready, this is gonna be fantastic. Here's my rock uh, star, you know, career is about to start. I rock up into the class and uh, for week after week after week, he just taught us scales, right? We're there like boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, like when do we get to the good stuff, right? When do we get to learn the rock songs? When can I like learn to how to play with my teeth or my guitar on fire, right? Like I'm like, when do we get to shred? Like this is, it's just like, nah, every week, like boom, 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 right? But here's the thing. <laughs> You see, what my teacher understood was that if I don't get the foundational things right, I'm not gonna get to the good stuff. See, I wanted to get to the flashy stuff. I wanted to get to the wonderful stuff. I wanted to get to the rock songs, but what my instructor knew is he, if you don't start with the scales, you're not gonna get to the good stuff. And that's exactly what happened, right? I'm like, this is boring. I didn't really apply myself. I didn't do the scales, and today I'm not a rock star, right? I had to give up that dream of become a pastor, right? Anyway, um, close enough, right? Where's my, where's my, anyway. Um, you know, when it comes to the things of God, often we too wanna get to the rock songs, right? We want the miracles. We want the moves of God. We want the revivals. Like we, we're all about, give us the, the flashy, wonderful stuff. But the thing is in the same way, if you don't first put in place the foundational stuff, it's hard to get to the flashy stuff, you know? And I think one of the number one things that's so foundational in our relationship with God is prayer. It's so foundational prayer. Nothing happens until we pray. And in fact, there's a passage of Scripture in Luke chapter 11. I think that, you know, really starts to encourage us on the importance of prayer in our everyday life. It's in Luke chapter 11, I wanna read it to you and uh, pull out a few things to help us uh, this evening. But Luke chapter 11, verse one, it says, one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. Uh, So they asked Jesus this question and Jesus goes on to respond as what we have come to know as the Lord's Prayer. And it says this in verse two. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Effectively, what Jesus is teaching them here or giving them an example of how to pray, right? Of how to pray. Now, what's interesting to me is when I look at their question It will say in your Bible, in my Bible, it says that their question was, Jesus, teach us 
to pray. Notice that they didn't say, Jesus, teach us how to pray. They said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Now, you might go, well, that might be semantics. Maybe it is. And maybe, maybe they were saying, maybe they did want to know how to pray. I believe that they did. But they're actually two different questions. Teach us how to pray, saying, God, instruct us. Instruct us. Show us how to do this. But teach us to pray is a question looking for a motivation. Why should we pray? Because we see you pray all the time, so teach us why we should pray like you pray. Well, the good news is that Jesus actually answers both questions. So it doesn't matter how you read it. <laughs> We're both on the same side, right? So, so Jesus teaches us how to pray. He gives them the Lord's Prayer. But if they're also looking for a motivation, a reason why, because it's good to know how, but I also wanna know why. Why should I do this? Well, he goes on, I believe, to explain why. Why it is important for us to pray. It says Luke chapter 11, verse five, the next verse, he says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the Lord is already, uh, the Lord, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Now, whenever I've, I've heard this passage shared, and I'm, I'm sure you have too, that it's um, the, I suppose the, the thought behind it is it's encouraging us in persistent prayer. Right? It's saying, keep praying, keep persisting, keep asking and eventually you will be able to receive from heaven what it is that you desire. Now, I, I don't wanna take away from that and I do believe in that absolutely. I believe there are times we are called to persistently pray, to keep pressing in. In fact, I believe sometimes uh, there may potentially be some prayers that go unanswered because we quit too soon. Where we, if we just kept pressing, kept believing, kept trusting, maybe sometimes we're right on the edge of a breakthrough. And, and we just seem to just draw back, right? So I do believe in persistent prayer. I believe that that is something that we are called to have enduring faith and, and, and to pray and continue to believe God. But as I read this, I saw something a little different. I, I saw Jesus teaching us a principle of why to pray. And I've got a couple of people to help me out. Pastor John's gonna come and Seth is gonna come as well because I, I wanna just look exactly at what Jesus is teaching us here. So, John, fantastic. Seth, stand over there. All right, very easy. Don't have to do anything else except just look good. You look amazing. Well done. All right, so let's look at again what Jesus is saying, okay? Let's put that uh, scripture back up again at Luke 11, verse five. It said, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. So John is my friend. I'm the one who uh, has a friend, right? Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. It's good to have a friend. And suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say to him, uh, and you go, here, I've got to read this at the same time. 
I should have grabbed my Bible, it was easier. Um, you go to him in the middle of the night and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come from a long journey and I don't have any bread to give him. All right, this is what Jesus is saying. Are we catching this, right? Suppose you have a friend, he has three loaves of bread and you go to him and say, I need your bread because someone's come to me and I don't have what I need to minister to them. Notice they're not praying for themselves. It's for somebody else, right? Because, you know, we've read it. Oh, it must be about me persistently praying. Actually, that's not what Jesus is saying. He says, suppose you have a friend, you go to him at midnight and say, I need loaves of bread because I have, someone's come to me and I don't have what I need to minister to them. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. Thanks, Pastor John, I appreciate that. Right, next verse. It says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Right, next verse. Is that it? So I ask, ask, seek, and knock, and you will receive what you ask, right? So here, let me, let me uh, sum this up, right? So here I am, a friend has come to me. He's been on a long journey. I don't have what I need to give him, but I know the one who does. So I go to the one who does, and I said, please, please, I need to receive what it is from you. I don't have it, but you have what I need. And so I pray and I show my authenticity and my passion and my desire not to waste what it is that God has. And guess what? God releases what He has into my hand. Now I am able to go and I have what I need to minister to somebody who doesn't have what they need, right? Thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate that. Fantastic, right? So I believe what Jesus is saying here is he's, he's, he's saying how important prayer is. He's saying that in your own ability, you don't have what you need to do what I'm asking you to do. But it's in the place of prayer that you become equipped and you receive everything so that now you can go and do the ministry that I've asked you to do. And so he's telling this to the disciples, like put yourself in the disciples' feet. He's told them how to pray. And now he's saying, this is why you need to pray. In fact, this is why I often go away to pray because I need to get filled up so that when the ministry comes, I have what I need to then give out. And, and, and this is the importance of prayer. We cannot be effective in our calling. We cannot be effective in doing what God has called us to do. if We don't spend time in prayer because it's in the place of prayer that we are equipped and receive what we need to carry out what God has called us to do, amen? This is how important prayer is. So we have the how, the Lord's Prayer. We know the why, because we need to be equipped and we don't have what we need in our own effort. But there's one more thing that we need to know and that is the what. We need to know what is it that makes prayer impactful? What sees our prayers result in the reality of heaven being released on earth? Well, thankfully, Jesus provides that answer for us also. In Matthew chapter 17, there's a father who has a son who is demon-possessed, and he brings him to be healed and to be set free. And Jesus isn't there at the time, but the disciples are, so he brings them to the disciples, and he asks the disciples to pray. The disciples say, sure, no problem. They begin to pray uh, for the boy's son, but nothing happens. He's still uh, bound up. All of a sudden, Jesus rocks up on the scene and he's wondering what's going on. There's a bit of a commotion and 
And the father of the son sees Jesus. So he goes up to Jesus and he tells him what's happening. And Jesus is a little disappointed at, you know, what's, what's going on. But he said, you know, bring the boy to me and I'll pray for him. So Jesus begins to pray for the boy. And as he's praying for the boy, all of a sudden the boy is set free, completely healed and restored back to his father. Now the disciples are watching this happening and they're a little bit confused because they're like, well, we just did the same thing. Nothing happened. How come it worked for you? And then Jesus says this to them in Matthew 17, verse 20. He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So Jesus is saying it pretty straight to the disciples. He's saying the reason my prayer worked and had impact and yours didn't was because I mixed faith with my prayer. He said, if you just mix a little bit of faith with your prayer, all of a sudden, that changes everything. A couple of chapters later, we find Jesus is, is walking along with his disciples back to the city of Jerusalem. On the way, the Bible tells us that Jesus gets hungry. And uh, so he looks around for something to eat. He sees a fig tree. He goes up to the fig tree expecting to find fruit on the fig tree because it's actually the season for figs. He goes up to the, fruit, uh, the fig tree, but there's not a single fig on the fig tree. And uh, so he looks at the fig tree and he says, may you never bear fruit again, right? I must have been pretty hangry that day, right? Um, <laughs> the Bible says that as soon as he prayed those words over the fig tree, it began to wither. Now his disciples, they see this taking place right in front of their eyes and they're like, wow, that's amazing. How did that happen, Jesus? You just prayed a couple of simple words and all of a sudden, immediately that tree began to wither. And Jesus replies this to them in Matthew 21, 21. Jesus replied, truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus is telling them the reason that this happened is because when prayer is mixed with faith, anything is possible. See, if we want prayers that move mountains, if we want prayers that produce the impossible, we must combine our prayers with faith. So the next question is then, what is faith? I know how to pray. Jesus has shared with me why it's important to pray. I know what I need to see my prayers be effective. I need faith, but what is faith? Well, I suppose the easy answer would be to look at Hebrews 11, verse one, which states that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. But I don't know about you, but that's still a little bit tricky. That, that's a little tricky. Like it's, I, I want it a little bit simpler. So I can understand, so I can have faith combine my prayer that moves mountains. Well, there's a passage of Scripture that might help us out a little bit. And I'm going to ask the team to come. It's in Luke chapter 7. In Luke chapter 7, we read about a centurion who has a servant who is sick. And, uh, but he loves this servant and he wants him to be well. 
And so he sends some of his uh, uh, servants to go and find Jesus and ask him to come and heal his servant and make him well. Jesus receives this message and Jesus agrees and he goes on the journey to go to where the centurion's servant was to heal him. However, as Jesus is coming, all of a sudden the centurion's like, hang on a sec. And he has a change of mind and it says this in Luke chapter seven, verse six. It says, when he, being Jesus, was not far from the house, uh, sorry, he was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, actually, don't trouble yourself for I do not deserve you have, to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. So instead of coming, uh, just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me and I tell this one go and, this, and he goes and that one come and he comes and I say to my servant, do this, and he does it, right? So initially he asks for Jesus to come and heal and Jesus is on the way. And then he's like, hang on a sec, Jesus doesn't need to come because he has authority over all this thing. He has ultimate authority. All he has to do is just say the word. Now look at what Jesus says about this. Luke 7 verse nine, it says, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. And turning to the crowd following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Now, notice for a sec, the centurion is acknowledging Jesus' authority. And Jesus calls that faith. He's acknowledging the authority of Jesus over this situation, knowing He has ultimate authority. And Jesus says, that is faith. So what is faith? Faith is simply acknowledging that whatever you're facing, Jesus has ultimate authority over that thing. Amen. You know why Jesus' prayers were so effective? Because He knew He had ultimate authority over all things. You know how our prayers can be effective? Because we trust that Jesus has ultimate authority over all things. The greater we are convinced that Jesus has authority over all sickness, over all lack, over all opposition, the more impactful our prayers can become. James 5 verse 14. It says, Is anyone among you ill? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith and the prayer offered in the belief that Jesus has authority over all will make that sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. John chapter 11. Um, probably read what is one of the most incredible miracles in all the Bible where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Four days he's in a tomb, starting to decompose and a few words from Jesus and completely restored and brought back to life. I mean, that's unbelievable. And many of us would be familiar with that story and um, you would appreciate what happened before that is that Lazarus was just sick and Mary and Martha um, sent word to Jesus and Jesus was very close to the, all these three and, and 
and they asked him, would you come and heal the one that you love? Would you come and heal Lazarus? He's sick. Please come as quickly as you can. And, but um, Jesus and his uh, own wisdom, he, he waited. He didn't come straight away. He waited a couple of days and then he said, okay, let's, let's go now. But in the meantime, Lazarus passed away died and had the funeral and they put him in the tomb and so by the time Jesus gets there Lazarus as I said has been in the tomb four days you can imagine you know how Mary and Martha must have felt in that moment like you know there must have been sort of like if you had come earlier if you'd come when we'd asked maybe this situation would be different but but look at what (laughs) look at what Martha says when Jesus comes she said John 11, verse 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. Even now. As as long as you have prayer, you're never out of options. It doesn't matter how far gone that situation may be. It doesn't matter what report you've had. It doesn't matter what it might look like in the natural, as long as you can still pray. As long as you can still pray. I think it's still turn around. Even now. Four days in a tomb and she says to Jesus, even now God will give you what you ask. Even now I understand prayer is so powerful. It could still turn this thing around. Prayer is not a chore, it's a gift. It's an incredible gift that we have been given. It's an incredible privilege to pray. You know, we often feel like, man, I've got to find time to pray. It's like, oh, it should be, I can't wait to pray. Because it can move mountains. It can turn situations that seemed impossible around. It can raise dead bodies to life. It can give healing back to sick bodies. It can restore relationships. It can bring peace into people's hearts. It can open up the windows of heaven and pour out provision into people's situations. You can see lost people come back to Jesus. It can do impossible things. If we just combine our prayer with a little bit of faith, it can move mountains. Things that seem totally insurmountable be shifted. James 5, 16. It says the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. When our prayers are mixed with faith, they're not just a good idea, they're a weapon. My heart is that as a church, at the core of all we are, we have a passion for prayer. Jesus said that my Father's house shall be called a house of prayer. That, that the one time Jesus seemed to get quite upset and even physically uh, exerted a, a force was to contend to get his house back to a house of prayer. That's how important it is to Jesus. And I believe it's so important to our life too.
I believe in this place that God can answer your prayers tonight. I believe that God can heal you in this place tonight. I believe that God can restore something that was stolen from you in this place tonight. I, I believe that if we combine some faith with our prayers tonight, that uh, miracles can take place in this atmosphere, amen? I believe that God is able. I believe that Jesus has authority over all things. He's the name above every other name. God exalted Him to the place of highest honour, high above all things. It doesn't matter what you're facing, Jesus already gave you victory for that thing. The worst the enemy could bring was death and Jesus had victory over that thing. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what label they give it. Everything must bow down to the name of Jesus. Amen. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met. I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that his death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and his life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. He's a father, he's a friend, and you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm gonna say this prayer, and wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what, maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace, and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace, and the Word of God go with you from this day forward, and I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer, or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey, why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you, and we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.